You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans, and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change, and when should we start building our rafts? Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Brenna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Over 7 million different animals inhabit our planet. This is going to be one of my new favorites. It, it's, it's no doubt what, what they can do. What can they teach us? Well adapted to limited oxygen or um, hypoxia is the condition known as low oxygen because they live underground in these tunnels. Many species are in crisis and need your help. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com. Hey, welcome to the All Creatures Podcast. This is Chris. And I'm Angie. We're talking about naked mole rats today. Yes, it definitely is going to be an amazing, amazing podcast. Oh, these are going to be my new favorite. Yes, be prepared to be wowed and to laugh and to want to get naked and celebrate how amazing they are. But then, of course, not be able to do it because we're not as good at um, staying warm and huddling and figuring out how to (laughs) survive as these really bizarre and amazing creatures are. These guys you know, are naked, meaning as they're mammals without hair. So they survive. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. For for the most part. Actually, Chris, they're hard to see, but naked mole rats do have about a hundred fine hairs on Uh their body. So even though they look to us pretty much like naked, (laughs) naked little pink, yellow, gray sausage things with legs. (laughs) Bratwurst. Bratwurst with with legs is one description I read. Oh wow! Uh, but yes, but they, but for the most part, yes, they are hairless. But in order, in order to be a mammal, you have to have hair at some point in your life, and they, right, they keep these, right. they keep these hundred fine hairs that they use to help at the act as like whiskers to help them feel what's around them when they're burrowing right. through tunnels. Yeah, but it's yes, not it, to help them stay warm like it should. No, 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 not at all. And but yeah, you must. You we'll put some up uh, pictures on our show notes, but mm-hmm. you must check these guys out. They. And then, you know, Chris, we should actually do a poll for uh, the listeners mm-hmm. to decide, are they cute or are they ugly? ugly? Okay, cute or ugly, we will put the poll up on the uh, on Facebook. There's easy yeah, polls on there. Uh, yeah, I'll but, do that. But, I'll but do the, that. They, I mean, I must admit, for me, I, I find cuteness in almost every animal. And yeah. Yeah. the first 12 or 15 times I was looking at these guys and watching videos of them, 
I just couldn't get past the alien-like yes. ugliness. Uh, yes. And especially, too, I've been watching, um, I mean, watching I just wa- Stranger. Oh. I just want to say, you called an animal ugly. Like, well, no, no, yay, win me... one for me. No, 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 no. You didn't let me finish. You didn't <laughs> okay. let me interrupt okay, it. You okay, didn't okay, let me okay, finish. Okay, so, okay. Sorry, so go, go, go. They, I, yes, I've been watching uh, this Netflix series called Stranger Things, which a lot of uh-huh. people I'm sure are familiar with, and it's obviously sci-fi, so there's alien-like-ish creatures in there, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they do a great job. And so that was my first thing. I'm like, oh, this could be on Stranger Things. It's so weird looking. Ah, mm-hmm. and it's, it's so abnormal. And yes, my gut instinct was not attractive. However, Chris, as I kept watching more videos of these wacky little quirky creatures and uh, getting to know their physiology better, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, you know, beauty must be in the eyes of the beholder because yeah. as I, the more I fell in love and found out about their physiology, which please stay tuned, these creatures are going to blow you out incredible. of the water with some of the bizarre and amazing physiology things that they do. Absolutely incredible. Uh, but so anyways, Chris, yeah, the the more that I learned about them... I, I fell in love with them, and now uh-huh. when I look at them, they are cute. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They are. They're. I mean, yeah, they are. The face mom, only mom can love. I. Yeah. Oh, they're just. It's. This is going to be one of my new favorites. It, it's. It's no doubt what what they can do. I just want to give a shout out to Jim Winepress from the Seneca Park Zoo, who contacted us, and he's like, "You need to do." He actually gave us a big list, but Nick and Bullrats was was yeah. on there, and I was like, "Oh, we've got to do." Th- do them. I saw them at the San Antonio Zoo. I was talking to Ashley the other night about it uh, before we started uh, doing my research, and she said she was just so overwhelmed by the facts because she took care of them for a while. Oh, cool! And, yeah, okay, yeah. They uh, they were at my zoo, but I never I I, I didn't work in the same building, so right. I would see them and I would appreciate them for what they were. what they do, at least in yeah. their worker situations uh, on display. But I'd never dove into their physiology or really understanding how right. to care for them. So yeah, no, I bet Ashley was full of fun little facts. Yeah, but she said she was stories. so overwhelmed with it. She just put them out of her mind. She was so overwhelmed. <laughs> She's like, whatever, I'm not even going to put any mental energy into them. So I bet I ran out like, and I was like, did you know they do this, this, this? And she's like, yeah, great. Thanks. And then, oh, that's like, so funny. <laughs> well, you know what? That's interesting because I asked John, my husband, I said, I always try to get a little like, Oh, do you have any input on this species before uh, we start recording? And yeah. I said, naked mole rats. He said, he's like, I know nothing about them. Yeah. Which kind of made me a little Stop happy. The I'm not gonna lie. Oh my yeah. God. yeah. I was like, hey, I'm like, oh my gosh, the director doesn't know. The what, Mr. What? Encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So of course you didn't find the same with Ashley, but she's pretty brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, yeah no, so. It, it, no, she I was think watching it, RuPaul's Drag Race. She was like, "Leave me alone." <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And, but I do. I think that even for animal lovers out there, people that have seen them uh, being cared for um, under human care, you, I think you're like, "Oh, these are cool." And I was the same. Mm-hmm. But I th- hopefully, my goal for the end of this podcast is to give you a newfound fascination with how how, how amazing and well adapted and bizarre these creatures are right. Um, and if, yeah, if you're into writing a sci-fi novel, they might be a good muse. That's for sure. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm going to say as you were, you were speaking, I was like, yeah, these guys, but just how amazing nature is. Nature right? in general. Right. Yeah. Right. Like seriously, these, y- y- we're going to blow you away. And I want to say they evolved this way. This isn't some genetic experiment gone awry because I've seen naked mice 
you know. Sure. Um, there's yeah. now there's naked guinea pigs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that are yeah. genetically altered. Or dogs. Yeah, there's right that, or that, that, that cat. Chinese crested. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. Oh God! <laughs> if you love them, anyways. I the I the beholder, right? But these mm-hmm. these are actual. You know, they have evolved this way. So they're they're specialized, so they're not selectively bred or anything like that. And then you want to stay tuned because. And hopefully you'll stay tuned with us because when I get to the behavior segment about naked mole rats, you're going to learn how their tunnels underground have chambers that mm-hmm. are very similar to our own house or apartments. So we do have we do have something in common with them. Not a lot right. <laughs> besides the fact that we're mammals. Yeah. But uh, yes, yeah. so uh, stay tuned. I think you'll get a kick out of that. Right. They, the behavior is going to be amazing too because oh, yeah. they're just, yeah, so they just do so many incredible things. Like just, you know, thanks Jim again. This, thanks for pointing these guys out because this is, this is fun. This is, this one was fun. So quick, quick description. They're naked. They have, like Angie said, about a hundred small hairs. They're like gray, white hairs that you can't see. Their skin's pink. Or right? yellow so like, or grayish. Yeah. yeah. And they look like little, Pinky mice, I guess, is a, a way to describe them in someone's head mm-hmm. if you're trying to do that. Now, they have many folds, <coughs> like Angie and, and me. Uh, um. Wrinkles, <laughs> uh, wrinkles and folds. I have them both. <laughs> yeah. I have been blessed yeah. with both of those. Um. <laughs> Angie's a waif, people, by the way. So, I, you know, Angie's funny. Angie always talks about we, we could tease Angie because she weighs probably a buck oh five. Uh, that you know, is wind blows and Angie definitely falls over. not true, but I, I, you know, this it can go down in the record books as that 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 can be a misnomer. You will not find a weight on my license because with having two children, it definitely fluctuates yes. depending on the the mood or the season. <laughs> right, right, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It and does. the wrinkles, I've been pretty blessed. Uh, I think I ate a lot yeah. of blueberries or something as a child. Put yeah. my sunscreen on. Antioxidants, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but also, if you stick with us too, I'm going to discuss uh, an interesting fact about their skin and their wrinkles mm-hmm. that I think uh, women that are concerned about that may be able to relate to. Okay. Yeah, some okay, of the proteins. Okay. Some of their yeah. proteins. I'll just the little hint is that they uh, they have a lot of this one protein that women are bu- women that are are buying in bulk to try oh, to use okay. as an anti aging uh, remedy. Oh, okay. So okay. yeah, okay, cool, yeah. There's cool. definitely some take home oh. messages from this naked mole rat that we can learn. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. And and they're little. I think Chris. what is? Yeah, they're not very big. They're 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 pretty tiny. And so they have these, you know, small eyes. I think that what kind of adds to their homeliness is they, you know, like a pig eye. We call it pig eyed in, in like horses mm-hmm. and some other livestock species. So really tiny eyes. And that we'll talk a little bit later about their eyesight. And then these two buck teeth that are just like super crazy looking. You know, that's where they get to kind of that alien. Well, Chris, I think buck teeth is a little bit of an underestimate. I mean, these are huge, long front incisors mm-hmm. that. Come from the top and then also from the bottom jaw. Right. That, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, yeah, they are freaky looking. I'm looking at the picture and I'm just like, oh my God. I mean, I love them. I love these things. And it's like, I want to hold one, but I, I never would because that's not good. They're not good pets, but they just, yeah, they're, they're crazy. And they, and that's really important for burrowing, which I'm sure we'll get to in behavior. Yeah. So those teeth are really important. They are. And I think the teeth are, are really, um, 
they really stand out because they're, they're small little guys. They're not that big. Mm -hmm. They're, um, eight to 10 centimeters or three to four inches long. And I mean, they maybe weigh 30 to 35 grams or yeah. One to one. Yeah. 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 Or one to one and a half ounces. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're not, they're not that big. So they really are just like cute little sausages running around with these crazy yeah. big teeth yeah. <laughs> and little eyes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and they yeah, do, have, yeah. And they do they... have a tail, of course, uh, skinny, yeah. uh, skinny rat-like tails. And some are going right. to be, and their legs are really short. Um, and so they're just they're uh, they're really well adapted. And you know, National Geographic, like I said, they they called them bratwurst with teeth. Okay. Or, there you go. Or they even said tidy walrus, which kind of I can mm, kind of see I it. I can see that. You know, yeah, kinda. yeah. Yeah. So there you go. And like I said, you know, yeah, they're, they're kind of homely looking, but there's a huge, butt. wow, like just wow. Incredible, incredible animals that live in East Africa. So Ethiopia, Somalia, Kenya, which you would have never, I don't know if you would have asked me and I didn't know anything about them. I would have thought maybe like India or, you know, somewhere in Asia. I don't know why. I just think like such exotic animals come from there, but I would have <laughs> never thought like the, the really harsh deserts of East Africa. Yeah. They, have, they live, from. they live in these arid hab- habitats that have really mm-hmm. high temperatures, low rainfall, um, if any mm-hmm. at all. And mm-hmm. yeah. And they, they're subterranean. They spend their whole life underground. Right. Right. And you know, it's, some of our favorite species are in that part of Africa, the Somali wild ass, which we did some work grabby on. Your zebra, grabby, grabby yeah, zebra, grabby zebra. I know I've been dying to cover that one, but we'll, I'll, I'll yeah. keep waiting. Soon. <laughs> Soon. Soon. We got a list. We've got such a list. Yeah. Uh, Rourke keeps bugging me about a certain species, which we'll talk about. He, he's like, dad, you got to do this one. So, uh, we'll get there. Now, m- naked mole rats get into, uh, before we jump into physiology, they, they are their own genus. So they're, they're pretty much on their own and it's heterocephalus and their scientific name is heterocephalus glaber mm-hmm. and they're related to the other mole rats, which they're called the blez moles or the African mole rats. So these ones have hair, whereas the naked mole rats obviously don't. And I think so they're related, be... but they're not the same genus. Yeah. And I think it should be really stressed and pointed out that the naked mole rat, the only thing that it has going for it is the fact that it's naked. Because it is not a mole, nor no. is it a rat. So no. its name is a misnomer except for the naked part. A naked mole rat is yeah. not a mole or a rat. <laughs> it's a naked thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. It's naked own little, its own little part of the evolutionary tree. Yeah. It's a naked rodent. Though. I mean, it's, a, it's it is. Like from this family of burrowing rodents, right? Sure, sure. It is in the order yeah. rodent, rodentia. Is that how you say it? Yeah, and we talk about Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, Rodentia. And then they're like gophers, you know, in North America. Yeah, it and- says that they're more closely rated to porcupines and chinchilla, chinchillas and guinea pigs than they are moles or rats. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Now, Angie, like seriously, I really did try to find evolution on, on the naked mole rat. I couldn't. I couldn't. I mean, I found oh, a little no, bit. Oh, no, Chris, because I, I- couldn't <laughs> either. I was like 100% depending on you. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I kept looking, but all their physiology, if you go in and search the scientific literature, 
everything is on their physiology. I'm like, come on. There has to be somebody somewhere in the world looking at mole rat evolution. And oh, I really had a hard there time. There is a little bit. And I'll say that right. for reproduction. But, 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 not, yeah, not, in the but sociology. not what we're used to. Yeah, not what we're used to yeah. covering in the evolution section as far as. Like where they evolved and how long ago mm-hmm, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was very hard. It was a needle in a haystack because their physiology is so, so insane as we've been talking about. So what are the cool things? You, you ready for this, Ange? You ready to jump into this? Yes, I'm waiting. Are we going to blow the listeners are ready? So I don't even know where to begin with this, Angie. It's like incredible. I think one of the first things is, okay, we're talking about is they're naked. So they're called what's ectothermic. Or ecothermic, ecothermic, I think is the right word. And that really is they're considered cold blooded. Yeah, is Chris, bizarre. it's crazy. The naked mole rat is the only mammal that's currently thought to be basically more or less cold blooded, which means that mm-hmm. they cannot maintain their body temperature the way that we do at a steady state, right? Instead, the naked mole rat's temperature, similar to like a reptile, is going to fluctuate with the ambient temperature. So it's just like, yeah, it's, it, it, it defies crazy. all odds. And right. And they don't go outside and warm themselves on a rock. No, like no. They does. have all these adaptations for basically being cold blooded. Um, they will, mm-hmm. they will go closer to the tunnels near the surface of the ground if they do mm-hmm. need to warm up. So. They, they don't, yeah, they don't go sunbathe, but they will go more towards the warmth and they can mm-hmm. also huddle together in their, in their tunnels, uh, in large masses to help keep warm. Um, which is a technique mm-hmm. that's obviously some mammals use too, in order to, to contain their body warmth, but they don't depend on it where naked mole rats depend on this, uh, to help. Right. Them and, you know, looking at their, you know, when we say cold blooded and there's, it's a misnomer because people think, Oh, is it like ice in the veins, right? Or, or cold? It's lower than ours, but that doesn't mean their blood's cold. Their blood's still warm and their burrows, they maintain like 30 of to course, 32 right. C degrees Celsius. So, you know, they want to maintain it in that range and that lets them stay warm where they don't have to thermoregulate like we do. Like I'm trying to right now when it's 40 degrees Fahrenheit or five to 10 degrees Celsius in New Zealand right now, right? You know, my body's like, okay, you got to stay warm. So it burns more energy. So that is one of their adaptations. Now this one, I was just like, whoa. And you know, you, you know, we start dorking out on physiology is their ability to resist suffocating, like their oxygen deprivation. Sure. That's that, uh, nuts. That's nuts. Yes. Researchers out of the University of Chicago reported recently, in the I think in the past five years or so, that naked mole rats can survive up to 18 <laughs> minutes without oxygen. Yeah. Like we okay. got to be sending them and- to the moon or them to Mars to colonize Mm -hmm. because they are Mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah. And it makes sense that they're well adapted to limited oxygen or um, hypoxia is the condition known as low oxygen because they live underground in these tunnels. uh, Of course, there's not going to be a lot of fresh air uh, going into it and into the tunnel. And so one of the adaptions is that a naked mole rat's lungs are very small 
and its blood has very strong affinity for oxygen, which I think we talked about that in, uh, in whales right, and in how they whales. die. Yep. So they increase the efficiency of their oxygen uptake. And they have a very low metabolic rate for their size. And what's super fascinating is that typically oxygen in what the air that you and mm-hmm. I are breathing right now is about 20 to 25% oxygen. Right. And the rest are the other elements like nitrogen, mm-hmm. hydrogen, uh, and carbon. But naked mole rats do pretty well for a long time. With only five percent right, oxygen, right? Right. Which would, ki- yeah. I mean, I'm itching to geek out. Kill- I'm itching to geek out with you on this because this is, yeah, this is my yeah. jam. No. So yeah, that would that would kill a mouse in like fifteen. I know, minutes or I know. You know. And what I did, okay. So I, the, the one paper I read is like they say naked mole rats become almost like plants when there's like super low oxygen or oxygen deprivation. So their heart rate goes from 200 to 50 beats per minute. They fall into the suspended animation. Now, so this is my very geeky moment today because I know you don't know a lot about my master's research because you were so busy in your own. But my master's research was looking at fructose in neonates. So what that means is general metabolism. We all use glucose. Glucose is our main sugar source in our blood. That's what our cells use. I love it. I yes. love glucose. Yes, we all do. <laughs> uh, corn syrup. We drink a lot of, uh, eat and drink a lot it. of that crap. Um, the higher, the better. Yeah. So our, our body uses glucose to energize our cells. That keeps us breathing, keeps us alive, keeps our brain working. And we need oxygen for glucose to be broken down. Part of their cycle. Fructose is a sugar where it does not need oxygen to be used by the cells. So when oxygen levels are low in these naked mole rats, they go from using glucose to fructose to stay alive. And it's always high in my master's research. Now I want to like go back and do all this fructose research, which I, I don't, I've never will. Yeah, so but... tell me a little bit, tell me more about uh, what, what you're looking at in the neonates. So when you're born, you have really high, this is in humans, uh, horses, cows, any mammal species we've looked at, you have really high levels of fructose in your blood. Normal uh, glucose for us right now is like a hundred to 120 nanograms per deciliter. That's normal mm-hmm. glucose. Normal fructose is less than 10. Like it would always be that way. It doesn't oh, matter wow. okay. how much fruit you eat because it's a fruit sugar. Ah, it will sure. never rise about above that. When you're born, you're born with 50 and oh. you know, your body's really elevated. So when you're surviving in utero and probably during the birthing process, there's probably some of this, you know, when there's low oxygen. You know, where the, the baby's being born and maybe not getting as much oxygen in their blood. But we believe that fructose is like that emergency sugar. Like a reserve. Right, mm-hmm. right. That we've evolved. Well, to it's have. not very, it's not a very efficient form. No. Of and it burns energy. really quick. It burns really quick. Right. So. And it produces, and it produces lactic acid. Right. So I was like, geeking out on this stuff i was just like so excited oh, to read that yay, that's fun yeah and it's you say so and another thing okay because I, I gotta move on because we'll, we'll be there all day talking about that one chris these researchers out of chicago found that 
the, like you said, that um, when they're exposed to this only 5% oxygen air, that naked mole rats enter this stage of suspended am- animation. Mm-hmm. After 30 seconds, they basically pass out, right? Mm-hmm. And after two minutes, their heart rate crashes and slows mm-hmm. down crashes. After seven minutes, they stop breathing. Hmm. After 18 minutes, they were still alive. And then they re-expose them to oxygen, and they sprang to life with seemingly no signs of brain yeah. damage. Yeah. They're like, whatever. Like, not <laughs> like, even a problem. Do, 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 do. Yep, like, back to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think after th- at over 18 minutes, I think they said right. something around 30 minutes is when they saw, yeah. like, um, you know, they, that they couldn't spring back to life, that right. they were indeed, uh, you know, did kill them. But still, I mean, I that know. is just incredible. So, oh, it's, yeah, they're, they're just, that's one fact. So then you were talking about acid and I just, mm-hmm. you know, fact after fact after fact came up about these, these animals. Well, yes. So they, they obviously when they're oxygen deprived, they're using fructose mm-hmm. in order to make energy to stay alive. Mm-hmm. And even though they have a low metabolic rate, they still have to make energy. Mm-hmm. And fructose, because it doesn't need oxygen to make energy, it's this form of anaerobic glycolysis, mm-hmm. or it doesn't need oxygen to make sugar, for better or yeah. uh, less terms. But yeah, it produces lactic acid, which is kind of nasty, right? Right, I mean, right. So that you have that. And because they, they produce, their colonies produce also produce a lot of carbon dioxide. So they have, not only are they in these low oxygen conditions, they're producing tons of carbon dioxide. So that again makes their tissues acidic. So you ah, have right. two things. You have the, the breakdown of fructose, the high carbon dioxide producing this acidic tissue due to less oxygen. So anybody that's, the, the best way I can put this, anybody that's worked out, right? You get lactic acid buildup. You're really sore. And that's because your your body has lack of oxygen to the muscles, so you're producing a lot of lactic acid as a byproduct. And it's painful, right? It's painful, especially if you work out really hard or if I went to yeah, the gym. Yeah, I was doing, I'm yeah. doing some squats this week now that I have yeah. more time. And yeah. yeah, sitting down on the toilet is no fun today. <laughs> no, no, no. And so, yeah, that's your lactic I'm like, acid. I'm like, why did I do these squats? What was I, I know. I know. <laughs> And you feel it, but naked mole rats don't. They can't feel that pain. They're resistant to, to certain types of pain. Right. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. So they were like, you know, getting into the physiology again, going down these rabbit holes. It basically is is their neurons. They detect the acid, but they don't send a signal to the brain to say, hey, this hurts. So they just Correct. don't re- – it doesn't register. It doesn't yeah, register. yeah, it's and especially in the skin of the naked mole rats, the they lack this key neurotransmitter called substance P, like mm-hmm. P is in porcupine. I don't know mm-hmm. why. That's an interesting name for a molecule or a neurotransmitter. Right. But yeah, and, and 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 you and I or other mammals, that's responsible for sending the pain signals to the central right. nervous system. Right. So that they lack that. And in certain studies where they actually did expose them to this substance P mm-hmm. to uh, they were able to feel more pain, right. so that's how they were able to narrow it down to uh, uh, to this this lack of a specific neurotransmitter. Right, right. And they, you know, researchers believe, of course, they'll never know for sure because these guys are wacky. But they do believe that it is because the way that the animal lives at these high levels of carbon dioxide mm-hmm. and and that and then also too that if this lactic acid built up in their bodies, it would mm-hmm. just be 
you know, painful. They couldn't, so, yeah, they couldn't exist. Yeah, they yeah, evolved. They like, how genius is that? Like, yeah. I, I mean, they evolved a way to around that, right? Right. Isn't, right. Nature's oh, incredible. Oh, it is crazy. It is. It is. And I mean, and then so. Okay, and I didn't honestly because I went down the fructose rabbit hole, and then I went down this other one. <laughs> but what anti-cancer? They don't get cancer. Sure. Yes. Yeah. This is um. This is not. The, we'll get to the most recent discovery. So just right. keep your seatbelts on, folks. Yeah. Uh, keep, keep that dial turned up. This right, is right, only right. like out of the five really cool <laughs> things they do. This is like only the third. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, scientists believe at this point in time um, that they are for the most part, immune to cancer. Mm-hmm. And this group out of the University of Rochester, New York, um, and the University of, I'm going to not say this right, but Hafia, it's, they've discovered that the naked mole rat has a unique mex- mechanisms to help maintain its cancer-free abilities. Mm-hmm. So what researchers have discovered is that the naked mole rat has this cool molecule. It's like a super sugar with a high molecular mass called HMM-HA. And it's similar to uh, it's hyaluronic acid or hyaluron. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that probably mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And this molecule is secreted by the naked mole rat cells. And it, what it does is it like prevents cells from overcrowding. It helps the cells sense when there's too many of them. And it's basically called like an, a contact inhibition and mm-hmm. it's, it's a powerful anti-cancer mechanism because if right. you think about cancer, right, there's tumors, there's like the cells yeah. aren't getting the message that there's like tons of them bumping into each other and on top mm-hmm. of each other. And that's one of the issues with cancer is the cells just keep growing and growing and they're not getting yeah, all like these a like cancerous mass. You know, yeah. They're, they're not getting all that. the normal cell signals to like, Hey, stop growing or, or mm-hmm. go into your cell cycle and die type deal. They're right, not getting right. that. And, um, but this HMMHA or hyaluron, I'm, like I said, I'm saying that wrong. Uh, yeah. but what that does is that really helps cells from overcrowding. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, they also speculate that the high concentration of this in the skin helps provide the elasticity needed for, mm-hmm. needed for their skin and their underground uh, tunnels. And that's why women um, are paying high dollar for all these anti-aging serums that, right. that have this molecule called hyaluronic acid in it. And it's not an, obviously it's not a, a bad acid or whatever. And it, mm-hmm. but it helps rejuvenate your plump, your skin and helps fight wrinkles. Uh, there's so many cool things. We can learn so much about them. I'm sure there's, a ton of NIH money now, like studying these for human medicine, like the- Sure, there's definitely, yeah, this opens up new right. avenues for cancer prevention. Cancer prevention, yeah. This definitely opens up new, yeah, new avenues for cancer prevention and- Yeah, I mean, it's, we can and- learn so much from, from them and from nature. And then the, what, the fifth thing, cause we said five, right? The fifth thing is anti-aging. They, these are the longest yeah. living rodents. They, the longest one that's, that's been recorded has been 32 years. They live into late twenties. Uh, you know, females mm-hmm. tend to live a little bit longer, but the average lifespan of a rodent for rats is like one to two years. So, you know, coming from that family, they, these things live forever, forever. So anti-aging, sure. anti-cancer, you know, I, thinking about injuries, anti-oxygen deprivation. I know we talked about that with whales and things. 
But when you, you know, I think that's some of the part, you know, whenever you have catastrophic, catastrophic injuries, less blood flow, less oxygen. So if we can learn some of these mechanisms, we can develop, we can learn some, some different uh, strategies and develop better therapies. Yeah. Researchers out of California found uh, that once a, no, a naked mole rat reached sexual maturity, which is between six months of age mm-hmm. and a year, their daily chance of dying was a little more than one in 10,000. Mm. And then it stayed the same for the rest of their lives and barely went down at all. Wow. Yeah. And I, uh, just the anti-aging thing. I mean, I, that's a whole different podcast, but I remember, you know, especially when I was teaching at the university, I would talk about, you know, there's some people believe that the first 200 year old human has already been born because our anti-aging technologies is advancing so rapidly. And I remember listening to a few talks about uh, some of the stuff they're doing there in Florida at the anti-aging institute. Ooh, yeah, I hope it's me. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. But then it's like... You, Those squats are going to be worth it. Those squats are going to be worth if, it. <laughs> just to sum up what I would tell my students is think of your second, third, fourth, fifth careers because you can't retire at 75 and live to be 200. So you're going to have to work till you're like 150, 270. Oh, man, you're bringing me down. I, didn't I know. That part. I know. So, and, and then think about the environment. Oh, it's not a good thing. Anyways. All right. Uh, we will talk about that in another podcast because there's some really cool, you know, we joke about newts and things, but regeneration, you know, like, like how lizard regenerates its tail. It's something that sure. we're going to talk about, uh, in, in a future pod. All right. 60 seconds or less a mole rat evolution. Here you go, Angie. So they they branched out from other murine rodents, mice and rats, about 20 million years ago. So they're a special family called Spalacidae, and Mm -hmm. this is the subterranean rodents. So, And this is the oldest split, too, from from the murine. This was a time of, you know, many grasslands, savannas. So it was natural for some of these animals to, to branch out and do that. And then they think the naked mole rat split off around 2 million years ago. Uh, to, to form and the, you know, they, they talk a little bit about like these animals were above burrows, the, the relatives. And so they, they went in the burrows to survive predation and they just over time developed and, and just stayed down there mm. now. So they're an, a- yeah. they're an ancient little sausage. Then, yes. Yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Now the largest rodent ever. I always got to do this now. This is like my f- little fun part. <laughs> Guess how big I just want to ask you just how big. Hmm, maybe what, 50 pounds. Largest rodent ever. I mean, what's a capybara? A capybara is bigger than that, isn't it? Yeah, Roughly. probably. Probably. Um, okay, so I, I'm feeling that you want me to go higher. Uh, 100 pounds. Okay, if you had to compare it to another animal. <laughs> How about this? All right, all right, because we'll be here for another hour. I was going to say, it. I feel like I'm failing. I'm failing. You are, easily. you are, okay. because... They weighed over a ton. Oh, I was not pounds. expecting that. Yes, yes. This is the Joseph Artigasia Monacy. It's what? I think the, I think the guy who who found it named it after himself. Remember we talked about Clearly, that in one pod. Rightfully so. Lived two million years ago. Where? Where, Angie? Where in the uh, super? If you had to guess, where? Um, North America. Uh, close South America. So okay. not New, okay. not New Zealand. Yay. Yeah. They weighed over 2,600 pounds or 1,000 kilograms. That's They were as long as 10 feet and stood about 5 feet at the shoulder or 1.5 meters. Their teeth 
were 12 inches long. Oh my God. Like, holy smokes. Thank God we weren't alive a few million years ago with these things. Uh, yeah. Like the giant bear, the giant rodents, the giant, yeah. The, you have to send me a picture of that. I can't even, yeah. I can't even prop, my, my brain just, just shut off. Yeah. <laughs> well, here, here you go. Uh, my webcam won't reach over there. Okay. Yeah. Just crazy, 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 crazy. All right. So we're going to have to get to behavior here pretty quick. The, some, some generalities. Queens are huge compared to the others. Uh, we already talked a little bit about their sizes. The, the queen's just, just a little bit bigger. So we have that sexual dimorphism. And then, you know, a couple of their, some of their other little physiology is, is they're pretty much blind, but they are light sensitive. Mm-hmm. So think about it. They haven't completely lost their eyesight because, and this is probably true for moles too. Right. When they're underground, if there's a burrow breach, they can detect that and scurry away. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that, that means something came in there. Now they don't have any external ears. But they do have some crude auditory canals, and they hear very low frequency. And I guess they're very vocal, so I don't know if you found any sounds. Oh, Chris, but... yes, no. Uh, thanks for asking. I, I wasn't able to find these, so uh, yeah, hopefully yeah. maybe somebody out there that works with naked mole rats could maybe send us some audio well, so I could hear them. Yeah, uh, I'll have Jim. I know Jim's getting them, and uh, I'll see if he can record some sounds. But they're supposed to be very vocal. Sure. But very, they can only hear low frequency, not high frequency. Yeah, and, and they uh, definitely they communicate a lot by smell and by touch too. With those, with those, those yeah, body touch, hairs. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and then they they do get preyed upon some snakes and sometimes birds if they're up near the surface. And then just to sum up nutrition really quick, because I know we're we're itching to get the behavior is the other big part with these animals. They're herbivores, so they eat it, – it, it's really kind of cool how they evolved. They eat tuber roots. Sometimes they'll eat insects, but they find these huge – so through their little mining and building their burrows, which, they find these huge tubers. Yeah, which, by the way, can be two to three kilometers in length, all stretched out. Oh, I saw somewhere the longest one they found was 15 miles. Oh, jeez. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah, stretched out. Now, stretched yeah. out. That's not yeah, from yeah. point A to point mm-hmm. B, but that's a huge colony. Oh, yeah. Like, huge. Yeah. Huge colony. So they, through their mining, they find these tubers and they eat the inside out of the tuber. Correct. To allow the tuber to keep growing. Yeah. Yeah. They're like. Industrious. Yeah. They're like little uh, gardeners. They know, they know what, yeah. what it needs that they, you know, they can't, yeah. you gotta, you gotta take some and leave a little behind, right? Yeah. 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 And then these high fiber diets, they have special microbes that help them do that. But they said one tuber can usually uh, keep a colony going for, for months and then you don't need water because the tubers are, are full of moisture. Sure. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So that's the housekeeping stuff. The behavior, Angie, this is huge too, because these are the only mammals that are eusocial, which for years now talking about honeybees, I've heard this <laughs> from my wife all the time about insects, but can you describe some of their behavior? It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, pretty much we touched on a little bit but yes they are they're youth social and that means that they live in a colony and that has several generations living together but only a few individuals that are able to produce offsprings for the colony so you mentioned the queen exactly there's a queen naked mole rat which right. she is usually always bigger and longer than all the other ones and she is the only one in the entire colony be it the colony whether they have 70 individuals in it or 200. Uh, she's the only one able mm-hmm. to reproduce. 
And this, this uh, social behavior is highly structured and highly cooperative, like colonies. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. scientists believe that the naked mole rats probably developed this use social behavior due to the challenges of living underground in pretty much desert where there is little food and little water. And so you have the queen and then you will have one to three males that are her breeding males mm-hmm. or her little boy toys. Mm-hmm. I love that she has one or three. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Well, she's right. the queen, right? Uh, it's good to be the queen. She's the queen, yeah. Uh, and, but they stay the same. If you, if you should be one of the so selected uh, like naked mole rat toy boys, mm-hmm. uh, you're that for life. But Poor guy. Everybody else. Poor guy. I know. <laughs> Oh or guys, there might be three of them. That's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they take turns, whatever. Yeah. But interestingly enough, so every other naked mole rat that's born by her um, is basically either becomes a worker or a soldier. Mm-hmm. And so the workers are assigned to scout for food, right? These tubers. They also can dig tunnels. And another job might be caring for the queen's pups, Okay. And whereas a soldier is going to be a little bit more of the protector to try to help uh, let the let the colony know if there's a snake or another predator into the tunnel, mm-hmm. uh, they'll signal alarm calls, and um, and the soldiers may pile on top of each other to block the way to prevent the predator wow. from coming yeah. towards the queen. So just really communal, right? Like it's uh, really good to be the queen, right? Yeah, <laughs> really right, right. Oh queen. my gosh! And so that led me to the next. So this led me to so many questions because, unlike right. you, um, living with Ashley, who studied bees for the past five years uh, and is an avid beekeeper, I of course I always knew this about bees, but mm-hmm. I never really took the time to study it. And so yeah, now I really want to dork out with Ashley because I have like so oh, many yeah. questions. But I, I turned, um, but I, I turned to the literature to try to figure out more about these naked mole rats and what we do know. And so, the first thing I asked myself is, I mean, how do you become queen? Because I want to become right. queen, right? So what, what right. is it a lineage thing? And I mm-hmm. think researchers at this point don't know a hundred percent, but they do believe that it's dominance based. So right. you're not going to become the queen unless you are tough as nails and right. you're dominant and you can fight your way basically to the top. And so in that, so there are other females that may try to vie for that position um, once you're queen, and you have to still use your dominance and your authority to mm-hmm. uh, keep them submissive. So, uh, but I, I'm just yeah. It's like so. Last night for the listeners, before I went to bed, I, I got a, a message from Angie, and she's like, "Ask Ashley about <laughs> how queen bees." Uh, suppress other females in the colony because a queen bee in a colony is full of her daughters. And then they make some during the breeding season or during the spring, they make drones or the males and then they get kicked out and then they go and try to mate with other queens. You got me thinking about this, this use sociality since we don't have a sound of naked mole rats. I know Ashley has an amazing video of a queen bee making sounds of like, Hey, I'm dominant, you know, I'm tough. And so it's like, it's like her, her, her dance. So I'll splice that in and then people can listen to that. It's really cool. It's an amazing video that she caught. I bet. And the sounds of this queen bee singing and she's like, screw you. I'm it. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, these
um, will like, I mean, they'll even fight to death if, if, if needs be. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, mm-hmm. for her to keep her, keep her, um, her queenship or whatever it would be called. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, it's just super fascinating. And, and Kristen, that really got me thinking, of course, late at night. All right. Well, how the heck does this queen stop the other females from breeding with all the other males, right? All the other workers, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. soldiers, even the, um, you know, even the, the chosen boy, uh, mm-hmm. naked rat. Um, boy toys. Boy, yeah. The naked <laughs> yeah, boy, boy toys call or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's really fascinating. And there's a lot of different, uh, reproductive suppression that's, uh, mm-hmm. observed in mammals. And we touched on one a little bit uh, a few weeks ago with a red wolf. Um, but they think with naked mole rats, so these non-reproducing females are, do appear to be reproductively suppressed. And what it, they, the researchers think that it's a, um, it's basically like a social induced block to reproduction because that queen is so tough. Uh, she is blocking the females from ovulating. Wow. So they're. Uh, and, and one, in one study of wild caught naked mole rats, they, the soldiers, the female soldiers and workers, um, did not, their ovaries did not have much activity. They didn't have any pre-ovulatory follicles. And then they followed it up with some, uh, hormone concentrations and found that these non-reproductive soldier, female soldiers and workers had very low LH. Right. So that's luteinizing hormone. Mm. Um, and that's, uh, and so that's the one that helps that's, you get a surge of that be, right before you ovulate in most species. No, it's interesting you say that. I was just gonna say with the elephants, I know we talked about this too a little bit, but Danielle's research we were going to look at is male suppression in elephants that they believe there's some, some behavior that, Sure. It keeps other yeah. elephants from like out of must. So the, the bull right. elephants don't come into must. Yeah. So we were going to look yeah. into that. Yeah. And some, no. And it's, I mean, it's, it's just like my new kind of area, my secret crush area to study. Yeah. It's yeah, so yeah. fascinating. And they think a lot of species do it through like pheromones, uh, chemi- mm-hmm. you know, uh, pheromones and, and the urine or, but what they, they think that at least the naked mole rats, they're actually doing it just by being tough ass, mm-hmm. excuse my French, I, 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 I better not say it. <laughs> Honey badger, mole rats. Uh, yeah, they basically by being tough, blank, <laughs> uh, naked, uh, naked mole rats. And so it's a social block. And what that can do, they hypothesize, is that when you're stressed out from being like beat up or being scared is you have higher cortisol. And it's pretty mm-hmm. well known that an animal under, you know, Think about yourself. If you're just under a lot mm-hmm. of stress, you're probably not going to be good at reproducing. So nope. that's nope, nope. That's my all. That's my PhD research. Here we go. <laughs> like we're hitting all my research today because that's right? what I looked at was, yeah, was stress you know, you did, and exercise actually, stress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, stress is bad for reproduction. Yeah, so they think that the stress is coming just from this like crazy queen. So right, right. And she's like, it, ah. And yeah. the other, the other really gnarly thing that um, uh, a researcher showed. That when they did these experiments and they actually uh, either remove, they remove these non-producing females, fem- mm-hmm. reproductively producing females from the queen or they remove the queen. I can't exactly remember. I'm not looking at the study right now. But within seven days, that n- 
one that female who was blocked, who was the low man mm. on the totem pole or low lady on the totem pole, she started cycling. Right. So when you remove that dominant female block, uh, the one comes yeah, in. the body picks right. It's not like they're basically, even though they're sterile temporarily, it's that that can be removed. And mm-hmm, now they mm-hmm. don't really know, understand all the mechanisms for that. Obviously, it's some kind of um, socially and yeah, some kind of block. But yeah, the fact that they can turn around and breed after not breeding for 10, 15, 20 years. Right, because they live to All be thirty. Sudden, bam! They step in the mo. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. And, then, and think about that too. The queen dies off, and so somebody who has been repressed steps right in. Steps right in and starts popping out puppies like nobody's business. That's crazy. Yeah. And so for the listeners, last night Angie, before I went to bed, uh, sent me a text, and she was waking up in Florida, and I was getting ready to go to bed, and it was like, "Ask your wife or Ashley about bees and how queen bees suppress." And so I just wanted a one word answer or like a one sentence. It turned into literally a yeah, 20, that's all- 30 minute her teaching <laughs> me about you sociality. I was cursing your name, Angie. I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, honey, I just want to know the simple answer. And then it got into meerkats and are meerkats you social, which they're not. And so she's on the way. I'm like, let's just go to bed. The kids are going to be up in six hours. We're going to be exhausted. I got to record a podcast tomorrow. You guys are uh, such dorks. I love uh, you guys. I miss uh, you guys. Oh my uh, god, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so what's what's uh, the cliff notes? What's the cliff notes? Uh oh god, after that thirty minutes, I'm such a bad student. No, I'm just kidding. Uh hormones. <laughs> what? It's hormones. Pheromones. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they suppress pheromones. with pheromones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's that's okay, good. That's what a lot yeah, of them yeah. do, but yeah, they don't and uh, you know, and not to say that there's not any of that going on there. We need more research in it, but no, they really do just think it's a um, a social or a physical block. So very interesting. And once a naked mole rat uh, queen is pregnant, she can have anywhere from seven, on average, seven to 11 pups in each litter, and or even up, it's been recorded up to 27 pups at a time. Wow. And they're okay. teeny tiny. They're only about two grams. And it's, of course, helpless um, when it's born. Uh, and the nursery mm-hmm. workers, this queen, she's got it made in the shade as a mom. I'm jealous. It's like they, uh, yeah, they basically, the, the nursemaids, uh, take care of the pups and the queen will just come in to nurse them. And then everything else is done by all the workers. Sounds sign me up. But I guess if you have 27 pups or even 11, like you, <laughs> Oh God. Yeah. You can't, you can't even handle two. I know. Oh my God. I was like, I, I told John, I was like, I mean, we're not going to have any more kids most likely, but I, I was like, we should, yeah. I'm like, I would hire a night nurse now. I, <laughs> care i would yeah, i would I know, dip into I know, my, my retirement money like i'm too old for the, anyway so i kudos to you naked mole rats and um and your nursemaids <laughs> you you got like they're super genius right they got it all figured out um mm-hmm. but yeah they uh so they're they're pretty the pups are pretty helpless for a while um well, and just to back up a little bit, their gestation period is only about 70 days, but they typically um, mm-hmm. um, often only produce one to two litters a year, uh, depending on depending on uh, where they're located. And then once again, maturity is reached after about a year, uh, but the queen will stay in rain until she is taken out of rain. Out, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then just really briefly, there's nothing 
too much about males, just that there's the one to three, um, one to three male naked rat, mole rat boy toys that the queen, mm. the queen selects. I don't think they know why she selects who she selects. Um, yeah, I looked into a little bit. I was thinking like MHCs or smell. Like I know the yeah. stuff I was looking at. And I did this, and we don't have time to 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 redo it. But basically, if somebody smells good to you, that usually means you have different immune genetics. If somebody you know smells kind of rank to you, that usually means you have similar immune genetics and you don't want to mate with somebody that smells bad to you. So a lot of just the stuff I saw was, you know, the queen could just like smell and there's too much interrelatedness and she's like, Nope, you're out. Right. And she tries to find those ones that, that, you know, there's smell less. good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, but what is also interesting too is how the other males. So are we, we touched on the, the females that were sexually suppressed, mm-hmm. but what about the other males? Right. Like, right, you know, right. males typically have one, thing in the mind and so yeah, how yeah, and the, yeah. how this colony works to kind of shut that down for all those other males in there um i i came across one study uh but it didn't really have a clear conclusion on if mm-hmm. it was um more social or more pheromone um mm-hmm. but anyways yeah so somehow they're you know they're shutting the males down un- unless they're suppressing yeah, yeah. some other suppressing the males i think that they might have like you know smaller testes or um you know, they're, they're, yeah, there's spermatozoas or I don't know. Um, I'd have to go back and, and look at that, but it, it's, it's pretty impressive. And then the other, right, right. the other really thing about the reproduction that I just couldn't, um, I just could not get over was the fact that, um, they have weird, horrible sperm. Oh yeah. So Chris, it was like really cool full circle. I had stumbled across this um, little tidbit of information about naked mole rat sperm and that it's really weird and misshapen and pretty mm-hmm. horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I start, but I wanted to die. I wanted to look at the scientific literature. I always do that to check sources. And lo and behold, I'm looking at a paper analyzing all um, researchers out of South Africa analyzing um, naked mole rat sperm from Kenya. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, it was Dr. Vanderhorst, which is, oh, yeah. Which, prof. <laughs> yeah, prof, which who you, yeah. you've worked with. And, uh, and Danielle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Danielle works, yeah. uh, my lab mate, Danielle works intimately yeah. with. And so yeah. I, yeah, of course I quick texted her. I was like, Oh, I'm reading one yeah. of prof's papers right now. I, I'm like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know he does elephant. He's, you know, he's known as a sperm guy in South Africa, but I know he does, he's I know he does guy, elephant yeah, yeah. and, you know, a whole bunch of. Well, you were, yeah. So you're saying their sperm's really bad. And I was going to bring it up, which is so funny. I did not know you were going there. Yeah. With, uh, with Prof. And so he, when I sent Danielle down to South Africa a couple years ago and she went twice, the first time she went, we were looking at Hyrex, uh, spermatozoa because they're the closest relative, them, the Hyrex and the manatee are the closest relatives to elephants. So we sent Danielle down there to look at Hyrex with Prof, an African elephant, and she was doing Asian elephant in the States. Really quickly, when she went, I think it was November, it, horrible, horrible sperm cells. I mean, horrible. They were just, they collected all these animals and they just got horrible, horrible uh, sperm. So then I'm like, Danielle, when she got back, I'm like, I got some research money. I need to send you back. You need to go during the breeding season. Sure. She went back down and got good samples. So it'd be interesting to talk to her or have her talk to prof and say, Hey, these naked mole rats, is it kind of similar like the Hyrex 
where you went out and collected them at a certain time of year, they were bad, and then go back and collect them. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, that's, no, that's and that's great, a really good Angie. question. I did not, um, I did not look at the time of year, and I don't know. I yeah. didn't really find much about naked mole rat seasonality because, well, they're underground, so right. they don't really have seasons. So, and they're they're equatorial. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, but, but because basically, I don't know. Basically, I don't know, what but, yeah. um, Dr. Vander. Um, Horst or Prof, what we call them lovingly. Um, Prof. What they yeah. found is yeah. that on average, Chris, get ready for this. Only about 7% yeah. of the sperm in each sample were able to swim at all. And by swim, I'm oh, putting wow, it okay. lightly, like barely swim. Yeah, and only 1% barely. were what they considered like good or semi fast swimmers. I, yeah, I would love to, other... I would love to talk to him because I, yeah, I bet you it's a small world, right? Yeah. And I bet you it's just, he didn't get any of the dominant males. I bet you those are the non-dominant males. I, I, that's what I would well, assume. My scientist yeah. and me is saying, okay, you need a bigger sample size and it's probably not the breeding males. So it would be interesting to get those breeding males and see. But Chris, and yeah, and I agree with that yeah. as far as like swimmers and motility. Yeah. But what they also found was that a lot, there was tons and tons of problems with the sperm. Right. They had irregularly shaped heads. They had, uh, uh, their chromatin, uh, basically where the DNA and the protein mix containing all yeah. the animal's genes was all dispersed rather than being con- concentrated. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe they just, they had a, um, yeah. they, they're, they're, they don't have the drop, they're, the tail's naked. Right. I mean, they're just like, a, they're like a hot mess. And so they speculated, um, this is where, yeah, mm-hmm. it'd be so fun to have a beer with Prof. Yeah. Um, they speculated that basically this is because they don't, they don't need sperm competition amongst right. males. Because if you're one of the chosen boy toys, for lack of better terms, sorry, naked mole rats, but mm-hmm. it's easier to say boy toy than that, uh, that, you don't really have to compete. You don't have any competition. So right. basically they think that due to this lack of competition for mating led to these mutated sperms, mm-hmm. which do still get the job done, right? right. I mean, enough. they can yeah. have, yeah. They get it only takes enough. one or Right. Ten. And they think that, <laughs> yeah. And they think that it's like from a genetic or an energy standpoint, keeping your sperm perfect and error free, which most mm-hmm. mammals try to do mm-hmm. is really costly. Right. And, you know, and energetically, well, and they're energy, so. and, and they live in a they live on the moon basically. I mean, they live in yes. a different environment too. So it could yes. be you know lack of oxygen could lead to some of that. So there's yeah, there's a million questions. Yeah, isn't that, that fun though? And I, I just like, wrote down. I will try to contact Prof and see if we can get an interview with him because he oh. does amazing species. Oh He's my god! Amazing. Yeah, he is. That's he awesome. would love to talk to me. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would love to talk to him. I don't so, know. I mean, the listeners would have to really prepare themselves to be like dorking yeah. out about repro for a while. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Which but it would be awesome for some people. Uh, but yeah, he does. He does so many different species. And, oh, he's and, famous. You know, yeah, he's famous yeah, in South yeah. Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. So before we jump into the burrows, really quick on conservation, least concern kind of known as a pest. <laughs> so they're really, you know, they're relatively common. It, it was like I just saying the high, the hyrex in Africa, they're they're pretty much everywhere in that part of the world. They live in r- desert regions, so they're no real threat of development yet. I mean, it doesn't mean it can't change. It doesn't sure. mean things can't change. Um if the the earth gets too hot, maybe that would knock them out of whack. But right now, you know, they're steady and stable. So that's good. That's yeah, good. It's, it's, it's a good story. Yeah, it's, it's a, good a great story. story. I mean, I mean, I yeah. think, man, we're, you know, 
unless we fix ourselves, uh, the, you know, how, how do I put this? I think that they, if anybody has a chance to survive global climate change and take right. over the human population, <laughs> I used to think it it's would be uh, octopus, but I don't know. I think yeah. naked mole rats are given are gonna. I mean, they could like and cockroaches. <laughs> I think will take over yeah, the world yeah. if us humans screw it up, yeah. and make it uninhabitable. Yeah, think about it. Like we just turned into one big desert. These guys are gonna be like, okay, yeah, cool, and just expand, yeah. and they're like, we don't come back in a million years, yeah. and it's naked mole rats like, walking around. We don't need around. oxygen. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need clothes. Who wears clothes? You know. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So, any naked mole rat organizations? No, I need some yeah, some young so. budding energetic uh, yeah. biologists. Yeah, biologists or high school students who. Uh, get some naked mole rat stuff on social media about uh, yeah. facts. No, no. Uh, if you YouTube, there's tons of little beautiful yeah. clips by National Geographic and a lot of other organizations or independent um, students and biologists mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. want to share these amazing facts. Like you and I are not alone, Chris, for like falling in love with these little weirdos. Um, these people, yeah, there's definitely people out there that want to get this information out there, but I couldn't find any specific quote unquote conservation groups, mm-hmm. but it led me instead to highlight a group that I've been following and utilizing a lot of over the past six months. Is it, has it been six months we've been doing this? Roughly, ah, yeah, okay. roughly. Uh, uh, six, seven months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, seven months. So. Yeah, one of the groups, if you want more information or just uh, check out their awesome website, is the IUCN, and that's International Union of Conservation of Nature, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It's their... Small Mammal Specialist Group. So, yes, you can go to www.small-mammals.org, or you can find them on Facebook. And the IUCN SSC, it's called Small Mammal Specialist Group, is the reason I wanted to highlight them is because Chris and I get a lot of our data, or at least I always go to the IUCN's page, oh, yeah, page first to see what's out there because... They are super sharp and they have amazing data out there um, that help just basically just share share knowledge about species. Of course, a lot of them are endangered. Yeah, and they're the global aren't. authority on ranking, mm-hmm. you know, who's endangered, yeah. who's threatened, and, and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. and so what they do, what what these different subgroups do are um, the the small mammal specialist group. What this is, is, this is a global network of scientists and conservationists working for a better scientific understanding of the world's twenty eight hundred species of small mammals to promote their conservation, uh, especially of the more threatened ones. And like you said, they are the global authority on these small, Mm -hmm. on all the rodents. Um, They, they cover fish, um, trees, fungus. They cover everything. Yeah. 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 Well, 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 the, the, the the IUCN, right. They cover everything, but the small mammal group specializes in all the rodents, mm-hmm. the shrews, the moles, the hedgehogs, the tree shoes, and of course, I guess the naked mole rat fits in there somewhere, right? Yeah. And then for my second organization, I went a little bit of a different route. Naked mole rats, like you had mentioned, are found in the area of like Kenya and Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. And a lot, some of the ranges that they live in are protected. They include uh, Savo, which are really well known for their, uh, they have famous herds of elephants there. Uh, Maru and then Samburu is another really famous one where my grevy zebras uh, live. So because these species live in a lot of parks, preserved parks, I decided to pick out one of these preserves 
as, as to highlight. And one of them is called the um, Savo Trust. And Savo is spelled really weird. It's spelled T S S. Yeah, T S A V O. Yep, Savo Trust. And they can be found at www.savo, so T S A V O Trust.org. And they're also on Facebook. And this is a field based. Uh, Kenya non-for-profit conservation organization working towards protecting all of the wildlife. Even the, mm-hmm. um, of course, they focus on the ones that are more endangered. But I figure, yeah, that. I figure if you protect, of course, the elephants and the leopards mm-hmm. on top and the my, and the zebras, my grubby zebras, um, yeah. you're going to be tr- protecting the subterranean habitat that these naked right. mole oh, rats yeah. live in. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, and I just think that they're a really good group. I can't believe it's taken me this long to highlight them. I probably will highlight them again when mm-hmm. we are um, covering grubbies or maybe when we redo elephants. Lions. Yeah, lions. The Savo yeah. lions are really little famous because the males are maneless. Right. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. and this group, the Savo Trust, is committed to partnerships, both governments, non-governments, community stakeholders, and they basically want a healthy, mm-hmm. sustainable environment in a conservation area. And they do wildlife conservation programs, of course, but they do co- uh, community conservation programs, and they have a cool program called mm-hmm. Elephant and Bees, which made me think of Ashley. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, that's such a cool yeah, thing. And yeah, and of course, work really hard to reduce the human wildlife conflict in in the yeah. area and educate the local community. And they want to s- basically help s- secure um, all different people's types of livelihoods in order to make the area more economically stable. Yeah, it's awesome. the The elephants and bees. So, just quick, because I always got my elephant plug every pod. The they use honeybees because they're Africanized, so they're crazy <laughs> bees. I mean, they're just really aggressive. And they have taught the uh, locals how to place hives, manage hives around their farms, and elephants hate the bees. And so they won't go right. near it. And they won't yeah. raid their crops. Yep. So it's, so it's a really win-win. So really cool. Yeah. And then, you know, and the Savile Trust does a really nice job, too, with animal welfare programs mm-hmm. within the community. They have, like, a sanctuary for orphaned animals. And, yeah, mm-hmm. they, you know, so check out their website. They're beautiful. So before we get into the hook, conservation tip. And, you know, trying to think about, you know, what could affect naked mole rats. And I think we just, one of the things I like that we're doing is, is just working towards carbon neutral lives. And after doing the carbon calculator, which Angie has yet to do, I'm sure. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. No, I know. I knew it. I knew, yes, it. I knew it. I knew it. All right. So Angie will report back cause I'm going to bug her about it. But so, you know, just this week, just the other day I tweeted out and you can follow us at all creatures pod on Twitter and we're all creatures podcast on Instagram now. So we're, we're posted on there. Wow. We're and, like, yeah, yeah we're, we're in like big time. I like but it. I tweeted out, they found a plastic grocery bag at the bottom of the Mariana trench. Like what the heck is going on? Mm, the yeah. deepest part of the ocean has a plastic bag floating around. Like, are you kidding me? It, it Oh, it makes me so sad. So I know Angie and I talked a lot about using re- reusable grocery bags. I now am in the habit of using that. I I tell them here, not I'm trying to save a tree because they don't, Kiwis have kind of a dry sense of humor, but I say, <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to reduce my plastic. I even did it the other day and she's like, okay, fair enough. And that's what all they all say to me, fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah. but Ashley actually shamed me of, about a month ago or I don't know, it was like two months ago. She's like, you're talking about all this conservation stuff. And look at because I came home and I forgot the bags and I had plastic bags. And she's like, look Good at you, her. look at all this plastic. So I'm like, you shamed me. You shamed me. And then she like laughs at me now. She's like, it worked, didn't it? So. Yes. 
Well, and I think something yeah. to be said with that, and I probably mentioned it, but I'll just yeah. I'll mention it again, is that sometimes I think we forget that you have at least at least in most mm-hmm. of the North American grocery stores because we're kind of like spoiled brats over here yeah. is they have paper. But yeah. you have to ask for it if you do right. forget your bags. So right. unless you're at Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's always has paper bags. They don't believe yeah. in plastic because they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, I miss Trader Joe's. I know. Angie, I, I bet you do. I'll, 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 oh, I'll send you guys a care package. It was your birthday last you can't, year. You can't send me food. Oh, you can't send me even food. Even dried food? Yeah. No, I'm glad you I'll told me. I'll get kicked out of the country. Okay, we don't want that. <laughs> Some guy got kicked out for bringing sausage from Belgium. I'm not oh, kidding geez. you. Oh, wow. His work okay. permit got pulled because he was trying to smuggle in sausage, dry <laughs> sausage. <laughs> Don't send me food, please. Oh, <laughs> we guess. have enough okay. invasive stuff here. <laughs> yeah, but that, I mean, thank I, you though. Yeah, but they, well, they're interesting in that, like, they don't offer them to you. Like, you have yeah. to, you know, they, it's kind yeah. of probably because they're more expensive. Yeah. But if you ask yeah. for them, they will give them to you. And I, yeah. of course, we all forget our bags sometimes. But yeah. You just you just have to take charge and own it, and I just yeah I just won't get a plastic bag. So I right. I always right. ask for paper, and they kind of roll their eyes a little bit, and then they and then they try to double triple bag them. I'm like I'm it's just, they don't they're not just they're one. not carrying lead weights here. Like just one yeah, bag yeah, is fine. Yeah. So and I just yeah and I think you know if you get in the habit. So now I'm in the habit Correct. when I go to the store. I, I walk in with them. It doesn't mean you still don't get plastic bags. No, you still do. It happens. It's just recycle them when you can, but small, impactful steps. That's all we're trying to do here is that. All right. Naked Mole Rat Burrows. We, what is the deal with them? Well, the tunnels are very long, uh, but within the tunnels, there's all sorts of different chambers uh, where mm-hmm. – and so, of course, there's the queen's chamber, and then there's her pup's nursery. And they also right. have a pantry. Or a kitchen where that's huh. where they'll, uh, they'll, a lot of times they get these big tubers that'll last them for weeks, days or weeks Ever. even or a month. Yeah, yeah. And so they have certain kitchens, just like your house throughout the chain, um, throughout the tunnel system where <laughs> they the food only goes in there. They like to keep a clean house. And then Chris, what I laugh and, and then, oh, they have cer- certain sleeping chambers where they'll all pile on each other to stay warm because it does get cold at the desert at nighttime. So yeah. that's where yeah, they yeah, pile. Yeah. So they have their, they have their sleeping quarters. And then interestingly yeah. enough, and it makes sense once I read about it, but they actually have a toilet chamber. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Just like me and yeah. you. And so that's where they go to the bathroom. And, but interestingly enough, hopefully unlike me and you, sometimes in the toilet chamber, they will consume their own feces. Yeah. Um, yeah. because it is, like you said, it's so fibrous that they can actually eat their feces and re- reabsorb nutrients. more nutrients uh, from it. Second, yeah. it, depending on, depending on what their, uh, food sources are yeah. or, or time of year. And then, but also they, sometimes the toilet chamber is used where they will roll in the feces in there. And the reason the naked mole rats probably like to stink of their own feces or the group, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, not true. even their own feces, yeah. but the group feces is because sometimes naked, roll mat, naked mole rats bump into other naked roll, mm-hmm. mole rats that aren't of their colony. Right. So the scent, the scent, their own stinky poop is of each other is what helps them basically know that it's one of their team members, one of their colony members and not an intruder. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read something like that. Like smell like their community smell, so they all smell alike. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that's how so, they recognize. I each mean, other. maybe, maybe my maybe in the beginning I should have said naked mole rats are more like my college house. Yeah, <laughs> my house <laughs> probably in college. Yeah, yeah. A little, yeah, uh, yeah. 
but not maybe uh, we don't do that kind of stuff in my in my, no, my, my no. current house now. No, but not yeah, but I, I I just think it's really cute just to think about the different chambers and that they're. For the most part, besides they roll in their own feces, they like yeah. to be oh, they're organized, right? Right, right. Yeah, no, and... that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. All right, and this was a long one again, but man, there's so many cool things about these guys. I couldn't believe it. So, I, I'm, st- I, I'm honestly going to hang up this podcast and go read. I, you don't hang up a podcast. Why can't I figure? I'm going to turn this podcast yeah. off, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to go read more about them tonight. Yeah, they're they're amazing. They're amazing uh, for us. If you haven't, subscribe, rate, and review. Please do iTunes if you can. Uh, we've got like 50 reviews on there so far. Please keep it up. Any recognition that helps us, helps get our word out. Uh, watch for our interview on Thursday with Jim Winepress. So we do talk about some Naked Mole Rat stuff and then just some really awesome behind-the-scenes stuff with what he's been doing with the different places he's worked. It was a great interview. Really fun talking to him. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, I'm super excited to yeah. hear it. Yeah, and then just keep watching for us. We're, we're producing as much content as we can, putting interviews together left and right, and you know our conservation news episode on Fridays is something new that we're trying. So, you know, thanks. Uh, keep keep sending those emails. Keep uh, and keep fighting the good fight for all the animals in the world. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Listen, learn, share. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com.